If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Steve since the sandbox. Since the sandbox fans, welcome back to the sandbox. And we're talking all ball. I know you basketball fans are getting excited. Uh, the season's only a couple of weeks away. Kev's popping a chub over here next to me as we speak. But guys, we're just going to discuss, you know, a lot of our thoughts about the ESPN Top 100. Just where they had the player rankings. And guys, I don't know if you want to jump in first, but I'm going to say the first person who I thought was low. I have two people who I think were low, but I'm going to just mention the first guy. And I think Fred Van Fleet played a very good basketball in 2020. I know all things being considered, but... I definitely think he could have arguably been a little bit higher than 40. Nothing too crazy, but I think you could definitely put him 10 spots higher around that 30 range. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's anything crazy. Um, I think he, he definitely should be a little higher. I'm a big Van Fleet guy. I thought the first two low that stuck out to me was James Harden at 9. How is the record-breaking scorer in NBA history, the guy that's done all this stuff, you know what I mean? One-man machine, most... Uh, three-point plays, uh, four-point plays in the league, most free throws. Guy does it all by himself. He's a top-ten passer in the NBA. Led teams to the playoffs. I just can't understand the validation of putting a guy like Dame Lillard, who hasn't made it as far as him, can't pass like him, nor score like him, being at seven. And then Harden's at nine. Like I, Maybe because of the, the troubles right now, but like, what does that have to do with him as a player? If you throw him on a team... Any team in the league, he's going to average 30 and 10. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with Harden, and I agree, Lou, I think that's way too low. He's top five. You know, at the five would be the very lowest, lowest I'd even yeah, put him. Sure. But I think with Harden, and I've had this conversation with a ton of people, a lot of the things that people knock about Harden is he quote-unquote can't play defense. But when you compare him against a guy like Damian Lillard, like he's not the best defender either. So at that point, like what are you really basing it off of? You know what I mean? James Harden is arguably the best scorer in the league if not the best scorer in the league so to have him you know in a sport where scoring the most points wins the game and having the best scorer not in the top five just kind of blew my mind but I don't even want to talk about that because I had a long week talking about Hanna with my brothers and I don't want to get into it because then, they don't think he's as good as he and is and one thing dude Luca was in the top three and like yeah. he plays no he's literally a walking yeah. paper bag on yeah. defense like and he's 22 so like it's it's like hard yeah. and light. I mean, he I think he's a little better of a player. Yeah. But like to have him six spots down like right. that, I just didn't especially see that. where like Harden's been doing it for like so much longer too. You know what I mean? MVPs. But the first low that I noticed, and Lou, I know you're gonna agree with me here because we were talking about it pre-show. Russell Westbrook at 36, unacceptable. I mean, especially going to the Wizards, this guy's gonna be. I mean, he already is a top 20, 25 player. You could even put him higher if you wanted to, but having him anywhere below 25 is just crazy to me, honestly, because he brings the intensity on both ends of the floor. The only thing you can maybe say about him is he's not a great three-point shooter, but, like, who cares? He doesn't even shoot that many threes that it's going to affect his game that much. And just to have a guy like that, 36, it's like, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even I don't even understand the, the reasoning behind it. Yeah, whoever was making the list probably just had a, a bad opinion of the Rockets because Harden dropping to nine and, and Westbrook dropping there. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this one. This was one of our rookies last year, and I think this was too low for him. I, I think John Moran at 31, I feel like that was really low. and I don't I don't want to say really low, but I think that there were plenty of arguments and plenty of people that you could have swapped in and out to have him as a top 20, 25 player. And I get it. He's very early in, in his career, but 
just based off of what we saw last year and all the moving pieces going on, felt like he was very consistent and very good. Yeah, I completely agree. He was one of my guys. I don't even understand this. Like, the NBA makes awards not count. <laughs> so let me get this straight. The rookie of the year that led a team to the playoffs and had a good run in the playoffs is 31st. But the overweight <laughs> dude who played twenty who played 24 uh. games, has two bad knees, can shoot the basketball, is is what? 19? 19. 19? So he's basically, they're saying he's twice as good as Russell Westbrook is. Yeah. I mean, and twice as good as John Moran. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and Lou, I mean, feel, gre- feel free to disagree, but you could even arguably say that Zion, Zion's not even the best player on his team right now. You could he say Brandon Ingram is, you know what I mean? Had, so We had this talk last year yeah. at the old studio. Yeah, we said, yeah. whose team is it? It is Brandon Ingram's team. And Zion's high. Well, you said you said Drew Holiday's team until he got down. Well, yeah, yes. you could you yeah you could make that argument. But, too, but there was, was like a, a, you know what I mean. Yeah. You can't play twenty four games. He cannot shoot a lick, dude. Melo had him jumping out his socks on the defensive end, mm-hmm. and he's not on a winning team. Yeah. Where is like the criteria? Like I need to figure out: is it like winning? Is it scoring? Jaws better at everything than him, but rebounding. Yeah. And blocking. And he right. played more games consistently. Yeah. It's a, he's a rookie. The and year, literally ca- carried his team to almost the playoffs. Yes. I mean, not no, they did make Oh, yeah, they did make Yeah, that's they right. They ended up Yeah, they ended up getting the eight seed. That's right. They yeah. lost it. Yeah. So to that's put right. some respect on John Morant's yeah. name, dude, like dead serious. But one dude who I also thought was too high, and I know Kev's going to disagree, but Devin Booker at 17 just makes no sense to me. <laughs> it just makes no sense, bro. Like, I don't understand it. Like, if Paul George is 20 and he plays both ends. Like, what does Devin Booker do that Paul George doesn't? Like, I need to figure it out. Like, I'm trying to go through my head and, like, see what it is. Like, maybe it's potential this list is on, but there's no way Devin Booker is the 17th best player in the NBA without playing a lick of defense, never having a winning record, period, and never having more than five assists in a season. Yeah, Lou, I definitely failed that. And for someone that I thought I thought was too high, I would like to make another comparison with this is, I thought Paul George being at 20 was way too high. And when you guys talk about a Russell Westbrook at, what was it, 36? I, I feel like Russell Westbrook played a lot better basketball than Paul George did last year. And I know that's very debatable, very arguable. But I also want to categorize Paul George as my biggest fall-off potential on this list next year. So what I'm saying is he's at 20 now. I think Paul George is going to go past the top 50 next year. Could be... A crazy statement. I don't know what you guys feel about it, but I definitely think Paul George is significantly going to fall off. The thing with him is, it as far as these rankings, it's just a recipe for failure because he ain't going to go above 20. So really, it's only going down from here. You know what I mean? Even if he plays really well, I really don't see him going above 20 just given the number one options throughout the league. But another guy that I had low, and again, this was absolutely mind-boggling to me that this guy wasn't in the top 50. DeMar DeRozan, 82. I mean, that's crazy. That's just crazy. And on the Paul George thing, see, I think I'm on the other side. I, I don't think I'd put him higher than 20. But now, the way I see it is the locker room is gone. You know what I mean? Like, Montrez Harold was, like, intentionally, like, didn't like him. And, like, yeah. they had beef. He's gone. The weight of you choking is over. Like, you can't choke any more than you did. Yeah. Kawhi's the solidified leader. You have Ibaka now. I think there's room to get better. I wouldn't put him higher than a top 20 player. But I'm not, like, 
thinking he's going to be awful. I just don't think his ceiling's high. Right, well, that's that's what I'm saying. I think the rankings are a recipe for failure. Yeah, yeah. Like you're yeah. putting a guy that, at his best, is going to be a top He's a two. Yeah. He's a two. But still, there's no way Zion Williamson is better than him. Oh, on no. Any, on any Mm-mm. day of the week. Uh, but, yeah, I think DeRozan's extremely low. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. He shoots the ball. He defends. I feel like, again, like, is, he, is, is Zion Williamson really... 60 players better than DeMar DeRozan right now? No, he's not. And Lou, I'm happy that you mentioned the whole Zion point because I literally wrote on here, is Zion at 19 and over-exaggeration? And part of the reason why I think that is Embiid's at 14, Cat's at 23, and Siakam's at 24. And I would argue that all of those guys are better than him at 19. You know what I mean? Easily. Like, we're talking about, like, Arguably the top three big man in the NBA, a stat machine. Siakam's a proven number, a good number two, and he has a ring and plays both ends and stays healthy. It's I just like I mean like I get the hype around the kid. I like him. I came in and like I really thought he was gonna be like not the next LeBron, but the next guy. But when you can't stay on the court, like the best trait they say is is availability. If yeah. you're available, that's it. And he's just not and. Man, that that's where I come in with another guy. Way, way, way too high, dude. Porzingis at forty-one yeah. is awful. He's not gonna play till January. Mind that. Two ACL surgeries in like three years. He doesn't play D. He doesn't pass the ball. I mean, like, what does he do again? Like, why are like the Mavericks are a one-man band? Yeah. And it, it's kind of true. I mean, I know Josh Richardson also, Josh Richardson, ranked above DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> yeah. Which is <laughs> and I think Tim Hardaway is too. Oh, I think that that's a crazy one, bro. Yeah. No, th- those, are, those are definitely a bunch of interesting situations. And I think you guys are going to disagree with me a little bit on this one. And this is, this is personal opinion. But we were just talking about Zion being a big man and ranked ahead of those guys that, uh, that I mentioned. But... Bam Adebayo at 13, he played great basketball this year and arguably a top five big in the NBA, but he's ranked 13 and Bede's 14. I think Embiid should probably still be ahead of him. Cat 23 and Siakam 24, just like I said for Zion. I would argue that all of those guys are still a little better than Bam, but I think the impact that Bam had on his team is greater than any impact that those guys had, but better basketball players, I wouldn't necessarily rank them like that. Yeah, I would def have Embiid one. If I had to rank that back in my head, I'd probably go Embiid, Siakam, Bam, and then Cat. Just because Cat doesn't play D, and winning matters. Like, like I know players individually, like, but winning matters. Like, it, it really does. And Cat just doesn't win, doesn't win. And Bam has, but I don't think he's in Embiid's class yet. Like, we're talking about like outside of Jokic, like the best big man alive. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that. That these rankings have Bam as the second best big man in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's right behind. I think I think Jokic is like eight ten. or ten. He's ten, yeah. and then Bam's thirteen. I don't agree with that necessarily. Bam's tough because I don't I don't want to knock him because I I he did have a really really good season. He had a very good season, especially compared to his rookie season. So definitely, you know, understand the hype and the and the high rank around him. Thirteen might be a little high, but don't know if I could put him outside the top twenty five. Honestly, don't think I could. But I'll get into my high because I haven't. Haven't uh, mentioned anyone yet, and the first guy that I thought was really high, and again, feel free to disagree, but I thought Michael Porter Jr. at 51 was extremely high. I mean, we're talking about a guy that we haven't even really seen that much of yet, and we're talking about guys, you know, like I said, DeMar DeRozan 82 that are established like number one options on teams, and you're talking about a guy who's a three on 
a team that, you know what I mean, is good, but not that championship level of a team yet. And I just thought that was really high, especially, like we said with Zion, like, yeah, he had a very good flashes of being good in the bubble, but to put him above guys like DeMar DeRozan that year in and year out play both ends of the ball and are number one options, I just thought that was high. And not that 51 is, like, crazy high, but just to have someone like that, and you know, around the top 50 was, was kind of crazy to me. Yeah, and he might even be the fourth option because yeah. Jeremy Grant is damn mm-hmm. good at basketball. And he plays better defense, and he doesn't air ball threes yeah. in playoff games. So I do like Michael Porter Jr. And I think his upside is incredible, but just to have him at 51, at least now at this point, is, is high because we haven't even seen him play that much. Bananas. It's legitimately yeah. bananas. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like They were throwing... They had pictures on a dot board with numbers on it, and they were just humming them. After top 20, they were just humming right. numbers. So here's a guy board. I had an, an asker next to because I personally felt that his ranking was a little low, but I also could understand why he was there, so I wanted to just ask you guys see your opinion on this guy's ranking. Kyrie Irving at 25. What are we thinking? High or low or, or right? Is that right around the range you'd have him? Is that a little high, a little low? Talk to me here. I would say it's just about perfect. He might... Because, like, just think at the position. You could argue there's, like, a handful of guys that are... If you count Harden as a point guard, and let's say we do. Harden, Curry, Dame... Luka. Luka as a point guard. Trey. Trey Young is... Steph. He's right there. I said Steph. And then, like, he's not a top... He's arguably not top five at the position. John Morant. John Morant, too. I mean, I I think Kyrie's... not overrated, but he is. I mean, like, he was a one... I mean, dropping 50 on, like, the Magic opening night or whatever yeah. is really cool. But, yeah. like, when you've literally never had a winning season with without LeBron James or, like, the Celtics next to you, it's a little tough. I would put him in the 25 to 30 range. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think that's mischaracterized at all. You want it? Again, yeah, I just felt weird because, you know, as far as... Like, me personally ranking, like, I wouldn't have a problem putting him at that 25 range. But I just think, you know, given the guys, like we talked about, like, you got, you know how much I love Devin Booker, but, like, I think Kyrie's a better basketball player than Devin Booker at the end of the day. You know what I mean? If you want to talk about injuries and stuff like that, and if that's in consideration, then, yeah, I could definitely see it. But I really do think I would rank Kyrie higher than Devin Booker, just off of skill set. You know what I mean? Not off of winning, not off of, like, you know, his reputation outside of basketball, just on-court skill set, I would rank Kyrie higher. But, again, I don't think that 25 25- range is low I just think compared to some of the guys they had above him he could have been a little bit higher I feel like it's tough because I would say that Kyrie Irving's most definitely easily I think we would all agree with this he's a top 25 talent in the NBA I think that we would agree with that but see where it comes in for me is I would still argue that Kyrie's better than a Paul George and Paul George was at 20 and Kyrie's at 25 but I definitely could understand having Kyrie outside of the top 30 just by a little bit. not Nothing crazy, but like I said, if you had John Moran at 25 and, and Kyrie Irving at 31, would there be that much noise about that? I mean, I, I personally don't think so, but that's just me. Guys, I want to go to somebody that I think can have the potential to have the biggest jump. So what I'm saying by the biggest jump is from where they're ranked now, I think they'll be able to exceed expectations next year and really get high on the rankings and I don't know if you guys are gonna gonna agree with this one but OG Ananobi's at 68 no Gasol no Ibaka I definitely feel like he can be someone that can make a huge jump next year if he's going to be that perfect piece to fit in Toronto 
Yeah, it's between him and Chris Bosher, I think, uh, who's like ranked in the 90s, also a part of my fantasy team. <laughs> uh, they said him and Ananobi are going to be the two feature forwards for the Raptors. So um, Bosher's a little better of a shooter. Ananobi's a better defender. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. It's one of those two guys is going to take the reins and go. And, and Toronto's one of those teams where it's like, yes, Lowry and Van Fleet eat, and so does Siakam. But everyone else, like the role players do well. It's not like the Celtics where the Celtics role players, like Brad Wanamaker will have a big big game. It'll be 9-3. and three. You know, I feel like that in Toronto is consistent. I feel like Toronto gets the most out of their role players compared to any other team. Definitely. Definitely. Huge Nick Nurse guy. Huge Nick Nurse guy. <laughs> yeah. I love his haircut. Yeah, I like Ananobi. My biggest thing for Toronto this year is I'm just skeptical on, on you know, how they're going to be with the loss of Ibaka and loss of Gasol. Obviously, we know Siakam, Lowry, Van Fleet. Like, that's a good big three, and they're still going to be an Eastern playoff team. But I think they do take a little bit of a step back. I think instead of being, you know, a top three or four seed, they're flirting more with, like, the four, five, or six seed, which, again, isn't bad because they lost a ton of pieces. And with the talent they have, that's – perfect about right around where you should be just skeptical on them one more guy that i thought was interesting i don't necessarily agree or disagree with the spot but ben six ben simmons at 16 uh is a little generous i thought yeah i i can't hate on that lou i can't like you're gonna tell me like yeah i like ben simmons and i personally i know he can't shoot but outside of that like he does everything better than kyrie irving like yeah. outside of outside of score the basketball, he's a better passer. He's right. a better defender. He's a rebounder. He's, he's a better rebounder, and he runs the floor better. Yeah, I was just gonna say better, he runs yeah. better offense. Hundred and ten yeah. million. I mean, you could even argue that he's a better finisher. You could argue that Kyrie's probably a fancier finisher and a more acrobatic. But as far as like getting the ball in the hoop and like going up strong and finishing buckets, you could argue that Ben Simmons is even a better finisher just because he's taller and bigger and you know what I mean? Yeah, but tell me, I thought 16 was a little generous. Just a Yeah, little. yeah, I mean, I definitely, again, he's a guy I don't think I could take out of the top 25, but I do agree that 16 could have been a little, you know, a little high. Um, is, that, is that someone that you guys would argue John Moran against? N- not yeah, I think it's close. I think yeah, it's close. My, it's close. My bigger problem with it is like what Steve said earlier is like, is Jason Tatum really only five spots better than Ben Simmons? Yeah. Absolutely not. He's at least a full ten player right. gap in my yeah. opinion. Probably is. Yeah. That's and, why I don't. I don't like that. It's too yeah. close. It's and my whole thing thin. when it comes to rankings is I feel like you know guys like Jar and guys like Zion, you know rookies. I feel like one year guys are hard to rank because it's even though it's a full season, it's a small sample size. But especially this past season, I mean, we're talking about a year where. We play the playoffs in a bubble. You know what I mean? A lot of seasons got cut short. So, again, I'm not knocking job, but as far as him and Zion, I didn't really like want to go too much into depth about them because I think it's hard to rank guys like that when we've only seen so much. And um, kid, you had the Pelicans at six after season. Yeah, but the Pelicans have like solidified options. Like they have Stephen Adams, they have Brandon Ingram. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm banking on Zion being good, but they're still going to be a good team. What is Stephen Adams a solidified option for? <laughs> like, what does he do? That's like that's great. He's just a he's like a consistent center, bro. He's going to get you ten rebounds and ten points a game, and that's all you need him to do. He's not going to do anything crazy. You know what I mean? He's not a number one option, but he's a solid big guy. He's a yeah, top he's, he's a top right. ten fifteen center in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I mean, like, yeah. And then, so a guy, a guy that I have for a, a high ceiling potential, uh, or Steve wants to call it, and this is a guy I drafted. I'm sure a lot of people probably never even heard of him, or if they do, it was just last season, the end of last season. But Christian Wood, I think he's going to be very good for the Rockets, especially given the fact that 
he's going to be the starting power forward slash backup center, and you got DeMarcus Cousins playing center, who I could literally put my life savings that he's going to get hurt at some point. Even if it's not a substantial injury, he's going to miss a string of games at some point. And I think Christian Wood is really good, and I think if Harden does stay there, I think he'll be a good complementary center for him and John Wall driving to the hoop, pick and roll, stuff like that. Love Christian Wood, the former Piston. Yeah. So how do you think that whole scenario is going to work out with P.J. Tucker? I have one more thing I want to say on this list, but I know you mentioned him, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, and we have a whole different Rockets team. So Awful. It's going to be awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think his role is definitely going to take a hit, and I think that whole small ball thing we saw can win games in the regular season, but when it comes to playoff, it, you're not going to do anything with that small ball lineup. And P.J. Tucker, like, yeah, he's a good you know, role player, but... I mean, when you're talking about him as a starting center, that's literally laughable. Again, not saying he's a bad player, but I think his role is going to take a substantial hit this year. So do you guys think that, that means he's an expendable player for them? Yeah, he's already unhappy with his contract. That's why he showed up late to camp. He's not happy with the contract. They don't want to pay him, and um, I wouldn't because you're, you're rebuilding. So why the hell would you pay a guy that's like 30 yeah. who wants to play center? Yeah, no, Rockets, Rockets definitely got to get their stuff together. Kev, I know you mentioned Christian Wood is someone you think that could that can exceed expectation. And guys, someone that I think is going to go under the radar and play a huge role for their team had the doing of LeBron James and Dennis Schrouder. Guys, Dennis Schrouder at 78, I feel like he's really going to be someone that can we could talk about right around that 55. I mean, that might be a little bit generous. But, I mean, no Rondo there. I know LeBron runs the point, but think of it. A lot of the time, if LeBron's going to miss games early, I mean, I feel like he can feed Anthony Davis. And I think Shroud is a, a pretty solid veteran. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't put him too much higher, but I definitely think he sh- I don't know if he was higher than Kyle Kuzma, but he definitely should have been. Yeah, I'm not sure if he was. I'll have to check I, on I that. think yeah. he wasn't, but and he I, should be. Yeah, I like Shroud too. I mean, I feel like Shroud is one of those guys that unless you actually like follow basketball— you really don't know how good he is. I mean, he really is a solid point guard. He's never going to be, you know, a top 15, 20 point guard in the league. But he's consistent and he's gritty and he plays both ends of the ball. And like you said, with a guy like LeBron that can take the load off of him having to run the offense and everything, I think that's going to excel his role just that much more. But one last guy I wanted to talk about. Again, his ranking, not too far off. I, I personally would say a little low. But definitely understand, you know, the the understanding behind it. D'Lo at 69. How are we feeling about it? Because honestly, this year, I think, again, going past seasons, I don't mind the rankings. But this year, I think D'Lo is going to have a big year. I think with Cat, I think with the addition of Anthony Edwards, who can shoot and play the wing, I think he's going to have a breakout year. His whole thing is it's the same story every year. It's him staying healthy and him finding the right fit. And I think Minnesota might actually be the right fit for him because... I like that one-two punch with him and Cat. Uh, I mean, they just drafted a point guard. So I'll see how long he lasts. Uh, I think it's a little low. Again, he's just not a winner. Mm. Like That's what it is. Like He can score all he wants. He doesn't play D. But I put him in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Low 40s, 50s. Like Lonzo Ball's ranked ahead of him, which I think is a little crazy. crazy, But like Lonzo, though. Big season for Lonzo. Yeah, I saw D'Lo drop off a little bit. And I don't know how I feel about it because I do feel like D'Lo is... I mean, if we had to compare him, I w- you would argue that, that he's probably a, a top 20 guard in the league. Because Paul George is technically a guard, Devin Booker. Yeah, I would I would still pro- I would say he's he's right around. I mean, I would think Devin Booker is a little better than he is. But Paul, I feel like you can get similar production from him and um, Paul George. But I think that D'Lo really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way how he started off in Golden State. And it definitely didn't carry over. 
um, necessarily well. And it was crazy because D'Lo just got the bag, didn't he? He just got like what, 30, 40 million per season. Mm -hmm. And he did all that with the Nets. And and now it's just like that all, I don't want to say disappeared, but like another guy I would toss him in the mix with is someone who you got traded for, Andrew Wiggins. I would say they're probably around like a, a very similar type player. I mean, I know Wiggins is a little bit bigger and maybe a better defender, but yeah, I don't see D'Lo being anyone that's inside, you know, the top 30 again. Yeah, no, I just, the league's too good at this point. And just, yeah, no, I, I've never been a big D'Lo guy. And see, the big difference with Paul George is, like, you, like, you got to understand, like, he's a top 10 defender at the God position. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't go away. Right. You know, yeah. and D'Lo's like, yeah. this book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like a turnstile. You just go by him. Yeah. No, it's but true. he's good. But he's good. I like him. He's yeah. just not great. Yeah, when when you when you break it down like that, he's definitely not comparable as far as a defender goes. Um, I I guess I was just looking more like statistic wise across the board and think that they would finish earlier. But the impact that George has still probably is a little bit better. But guys, that's gonna wrap things up for our basketball episode, and this was really fun. You know, the season's right around the corner. Christmas Day, we'll have that preview for you guys. But make sure you guys leave us that five star review. Make sure you get your Sense of Sandbox hoodies. You tune into all our fantasy football content. And just stay on board with everything basketball. That's going to wrap things up, guys. Peace.